So when I was a younger person, my mom, we lived in Tampa, Florida, and my mom's family lived in Middle Tennessee in a tiny little town called Hartsville. And so several times a year, my mom would pack up our Dodge Caravan, and this is what that meant. She would take out the seats, and then she would put the four girls on the ground in the Dodge Caravan with some Cheeto balls and some like coloring books, and then we would take the long drive through the three states up to Hartsville, Tennessee. And we would just be playing on the, I know it's not safe, but this is what we used to do. And we would just play on the ground, and then when we were about to get out of Florida and go into Georgia, she would be like, you're gonna see the line. Look up, girls, we're gonna see the line. We're gonna cross into the state. And we would cross into the state, and then we'd stop at the Welcome to Georgia Welcome Center. And then a couple of hours later, we're getting ready to cross the line to Tennessee. And then it was confusing because it, at, at um, Lookout Mountain, you're like with four states, and so you're going in and out, in and out. So we kind of gave up at that point. But then when you get up to Mont Eagle was our favorite. Because when you're crossing Mont Eagle, it's the central standard time zone. We knew once we crossed into that, we got to stay up an hour later, all vacation. It was fabulous. And as I reflect back on that season, I realized that I never once had any thought about, oh, am I going to have to worry about crossing into the state? Was, was, there, was there anything that was going to hinder me? Is there going to be a physical border that I see? Nothing. It was just a tiny, tiny little sign. And I think that a lot of us in this country, especially those that were born here, we take that for granted. It is just something we just do so easily is just move across. And many of us are fortunate enough to even cross country in very easy ways. What I want us to consider this morning is not just the physical borders that we have in our lives, but something deeper. And when I, when I got to the, we knew that we were gonna do Big Bend National Park, I started studying this park. And what you might not know is that one quarter of our entire southern border is in this park. It's, it's fascinating to me that a state park separates us from another country. But unlike other places on that same border, there is no wall, there is no fence, there, there are no gates. It is simply the Rio Grande. It is this river, and I have a picture of it. Um, I, wanna, I wanna show you that, and when you look at this, I know so many of you have been there that some of you, you look at this picture and you see only adventure because you've rafted down that river. You've hiked the mountains that are on the right side. You know how absolutely hot it is in the summer and how you would never want to go hiking there at this time. But you know, then there's other people that look at that and they see it as work because of the hundreds of border patrol that actually are around Big Ben, that are ensuring the safety of both legal and illegal migrants, that are getting them water, taking them to, to safe places. But then also just, can you imagine being a Border Patrol agent in the heat, in Big Ben, in July and August? So they see it as toil. But then if you look at it from the other side, there has to be people, there are people, that they look at this border and they see hope. They see freedom. They have traveled long and far with the hopes of maybe getting into the country. But this is the thing, I'm gonna be honest with you all. When I chose Big Bend as the park I would preach on months and months ago, in my head, 
I thought I was going to get really political. I'm just letting you know. And you can all rest easy. <laughs> because I thought it was going to be that the Spirit led me to one of those dozens of passages in Scripture where we are commanded to welcome the refugee, the immigrant, the alien, the outsider. I just assumed. I assumed. And God surprised me so much. And, and this is what God surprised me. You see, since the beginning of time, we have always dealt with physical borders. There has always been this, this need to say who is in and who is out. What is the dividing line between this people and that people, between this family and that family, between this neighborhood and that neighborhood? And that is not going to change. But what God pushed me to see is that as people of faith, we can choose what are the spiritual borders of our lives. What is hemming us in? What is actually defining how we direct our steps, how we live our lives in a way that is more faithful as opposed to something that is more rooted in who is in and who is out. And so I was drawn to the book of Isaiah. What you need to know about what we're gonna read about Isaiah is that Isaiah is prophesying to a people who are not in a good place. They are once again being invaded. Once again, the golden era that they thought they were going to be entering into did not come. And so Isaiah offers them this word of hope. So as we prepare to hear God's word, will you pray with me? Holy and gracious God, we thank you for your word that is so good and encouraging and challenging. And we pray this morning that you would expand all of us to a bigger view of how you desire for our lives and our steps to be directed. In Jesus' name, amen. So here from, the chap from chapter 60 of Isaiah. Instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, I will bring silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. I will appoint peace as your overseer and righteousness as your taskmaster. Violence shall no more be heard in your land. Devastation or destruction within your borders. You shall call your walls salvation and your gates praise. The sun shall no longer be your light by day, nor for brightness shall the moon give light to you by night, but the Lord will be your everlasting light and your God will be your glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In this passage, the Lord, through the prophet Isaiah, is offering to the people of Israel a new perspective on what is actually going or on right around them. And he gives them these images. He says, weapons, so a picture, you know, swords, spears, they will be turned into adornment. Earthly overseers, kings, the, the Sarah, all the people that are in the community that are trying to overtake the lords, they will become peace. Taskmasters, they are replaced with righteousness. Violence no longer even has a word. It's strong. Violence is silenced. It has no place. 
Walls and gates are no longer determined by physical boundaries, but with praise and glory of a God who saves people. And even the sun and the moon are replaced with the everlasting light of God. It is a beautiful picture of different borders. So God offers to the Israelites and to us a new perspective about what hems us in. What do we use to define who we are? How do we view our space and our place in the world? The Hebrew word for border is gabul. And gabul all throughout the Hebrew Bible is used to define a boundary marker for what determines the space included in a territory. You see, in the ancient world, the concept of border had more to do with what was allowed and what was thrived inside the borders as opposed to what they were trying to keep out. That means that when we read Isaiah say, violence shall no more be heard in your land, devastation or destruction within your borders, it's not referring to being what's kept out what is abundant within, what is teeming, what is expansive within, what is given free reign within a certain territory, peace, righteousness, praise, salvation. This was so very important for the people of Israel and it is important for us today. What we know about the people of Israel is that while this text offers this beautiful hope, it didn't change. Their, their physical circumstances did not change after Isaiah. After the time of the prophet Isaiah, their borders continued, their physical borders continued to be invaded. First the Assyrians, then the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, the Byzantine, the Arab, the Ottomans, then the British, all the way to today, where we all know there is so much border conflict. So God was saying something to them in the midst of this difficult situation and framing the way that they would see the future with a new perspective. Let peace be your overseer and righteousness your taskmaster. God was shifting the Israelites' perspective on what borders to pay attention to in their life, even beyond the physical borders. There will always be physical borders. There will always be something that is separating cities and neighbors and states. As people, of faith, this as people of faith, this text is asking us to shift our perspective of what borders our very lives. What are we making room for within our life? What defines who we are? Jesus had tons of spiritual borders. I think about how he set up this huge border of grace. That meant that no matter the dirtiness of a leper, the sexual immorality of a prostitute, the blatant disrespect of the prodigal son, nope, that border of grace said all people deserve forgiveness. All people deserve wellness and wholeness. And then he had this other border, and it was that border of peace, so much so that when he would be in the temple courts, and he had every right to argue back his point. He had every right to make the people in the room look small. Jesus would remain silent. Or Jesus would ask a question. 
or he would walk away, maintaining that border of peace. And then he had the border of compassion. He couldn't help himself. Even when he was exhausted and tired, he would look out and he would see those that needed their basic needs met and that every single person, regardless of where they came from, their current status, regardless of how hard they worked, whether they had worked all day or they were the person who got as paid as much at the very last minute. Nope, to you, you get compassion as well. And so what are our borders? I want you to imagine with me if Christ followers focused more on developing these spiritual borders like Christ had as opposed to the physical ones that include or exclude. So a little over a year ago, our Afghan refugee ministry got paired up with an Afghani man who is a neurological doctor. He can't practice when he's here. He received refugee status, but no one else in his family has. And so he travels back, spends most of his time in Afghanistan. I can't tell you the, the travel situation because it is a nightmare what he has to go through to get back to his family. But he's here right now for a period of time and he was sitting down with some of the team and, and he's sharing with them what happened after he returned back to Afghanistan last year and had witnessed these relationships between these Christians and these Afghanis. And, the, and he said, you know, because of the way that you offered help, with, with no reason, you just offered yourselves. When I went back to Afghanistan, I told some of the other doctors, and so we decided we would do something in kind, and we decided we would offer several surgeries to those that could not afford them for free. You see, when we border our lives with the teachings of Christ, God's contagious love cannot do anything but expand. It, it literally can't even be controlled. God's contagious love just pushes and deepens and widens. There always will be physical borders representing who is in and who is out, and we are going to be tempted to focus on those, friends. Jesus never focused on them. Jesus focused on being hemmed in and shaped by the borders of love and peace and compassion and righteousness and faithfulness. May it be so in my life and in yours.